Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you're on TikTok, find us at Detail Supply App. Or the best way to get in touch with me is to just shoot me a text directly, 918-800-1188. And today is a live episode. Well, live for me. You still get to listen to it post. However... A live episode in a brewery, not just any brewery. Yeah. It is the Beer Nerd Brewery. <laughs> well For those town. long-term listeners from back in the day, way back in the day, yeah. you know, first six months of starting the podcast, uh, David was a detailer uh, at a local uh, detail shop that uh, really finessed itself on local travel, people that would come to the airport. Their cars would be cleaned and maintained, and uh, David was uh, started as a detailer. Well, I'll let you tell your story on that, uh, but uh, he took the time to help educate us on beer, and so he became the beer nerd for the podcast. Uh, now the beer nerd is the head brewer here at Welltown Brewery. Yeah. Dave, thanks for taking the time. Uh, thanks for the beer, and thanks for letting me sneak in the back door to, uh, yeah, yeah, to, see, to, to see everything. Yeah, for sure. Glad you're here, man. It's uh, good to catch up, actually. It is very good. Uh, first of all, tell Especially me over a beer. Tell me what I'm drinking here. Uh, right now, you're drinking uh, our Sandy George Tropical IPA. It is a what six six point eight percent IPA, um, heavily heavily dry hopped with mosaic and Simcoe and Amarillo, and uh, it's also bittered with those. And one more hop addition I can't think of right now, but yeah. Um, super, super heavy hopped, but not like overly bitter though, as you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Not overly bitter at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely. You could taste the dryness. Mm -hmm. You definitely taste that. Uh, so what you used to do for us is you just to walk us through all the different stuff that was in it, why we would taste stuff and you'd be like, Hey, you you can taste that pine in there. And we'd be like, Oh yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably should have poured one for myself. <laughs> oh, you're not drinking one. What are it's, you it's, drinking? Uh, right now I'm drinking a Saison-style beer that's fermented with a Kvaik strain of yeast, which is actually used a lot in pale ales, uh, Pacific, specifically like in some breweries up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but it, it has a very high attenuation, which means it really ferments all that sugar down really low. So the beer is often a lot drier. It's a lot, 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 lot drier. All right. Uh, um, which so, I like. So, Dave, uh, I mentioned detailing. Uh, why did you get into detailing? got into detailing because I like working with my hands, basically. It's also kind of why I got in brewing. <laughs> yeah. Anything that uh, allows me to work with my hands, I typically enjoy. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to ask a question. How would you define detailing? Oh my gosh! I <laughs> pop quiz. <laughs> no, it's just a question. We it's it not necessarily based on uh, on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just a question we like to ask people because there's so many, so many views, so many different ideas of what detailing is. Okay, you know, we've heard all kinds of different answers. So it's just one of those questions we like to ask. 
Um, I would say it is. I would say that it is a high level of maintenance for your vehicle. Um, I would say borderline passionate slash obsessive maintenance of your vehicle. All right. <laughs> uh, do you still detail your car today? I actually do not. <laughs> That's so terrible. I did. Look, look well, at the Jeep, man. Look at yeah, the Jeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. When I had my Bronco, I did. Yeah. Even after, even after. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Dave had a Bronco too. I had yeah. a Bronco too back in the day also. Love it. Um, oh, really incredible, fun vehicles. Yeah. They really were. Uh, are you going to get the new Bronco when it comes out? <laughs> I <laughs> Did doubt you put it. your deposit down? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, even though I definitely like it. Oh, I definitely oh, like yeah, it. Oh, yeah. They look super Yeah, but when, sharp, I, when I still had my Bronco too, I, I detailed it actually fairly you did. regularly. You used to keep that really clean all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you it, driving now? Uh, now I drive a totally opposite vehicle. I drive a totally opposite vehicle, and it is a Hyundai Sonata hybrid. So I have a hybrid vehicle. Yeah. That gets like you. 35 miles a gallon. Good for you. <laughs> Very yeah. much the opposite. Uh, because, it has uh, its perks, but I definitely miss the Bronco too. It, uh, I, uh, will you go electric, do you think? Yeah, I think I eventually want to go electric. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would mm-hmm. like to. I would like that, to that industry is so intriguing. hybrid. At least I think the technology is cool that when you can, some cars, when you pull up to the stoplight, it turns off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just to conserve gas yeah, and all that. At least yeah. something, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I, my stuff is so outdated. I'm still driving that old uh, Titan a lot of times. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2008, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. 233,000 miles. Still pretty impre- rolling. Still rolling. Pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so the, the funny part of what you were saying is, oh, pop quiz. So, Dave, you worked uh, at a location that, uh, well, a uh, a trainer for, oh, what is that company? Who did Mike work for before? Oh, um, uh, out of California. Yeah, yeah, they, they basically went around and trained people yeah, all across yeah, the country. Yeah. And then yeah. they set up deals with, uh, you know, people that, like, Tent World, and um, they were big on, uh, you know, we'll do your point-of-sale material, right? So they were big on that. They made it easier for people to kind of get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing they're still around, but I haven't heard heard about them, and I can't even think of their name. So that's why I, like... It's, well, it's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Uh, so, interesting, so... Basically, one of their systems, so to speak, was to have uh, certain uh, ways that they would define roles, define different points, different things. It was interesting later when I was meeting with uh, Prentice St. Clair. Prentice St. Clair, uh, we were just chatting one day and having beers. Uh, He would come to all the different things. When I would go to the ICA shows, he would be there with the IDA we would work together, uh, uh, working with IDA. the IDA. Yeah, working with the IDA. I, d- I did different uh, talks and discussions with Prentice. And, um, and Prentice actually wrote all that material. Oh, and okay. And I was in one of his... For the IDA? Lo- no. Well, the I- yeah, I'm sure for the IDA, but no, that you went through then at, the, uh, at your detail shop because of the, uh, okay. yeah. the, the company that, uh, that Mike worked for. And so Prentice was saying stuff, and I went... 
Hey, Prentice, no, you didn't come up with that. <laughs> this other company, I heard it from them. But he's like, oh, actually, yeah, I he did. Goes, yeah, well, I, I actually wrote it for them. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just interesting to meet the guys that, you know, put together their systems. Uh, I wish I could remember. Was he a very uh, methodical person? But yeah, of course. But super yeah. <laughs> cool and chill. So yeah. from Southern California, you know. And that still really chill vibe, but yeah, you could tell very analytical, very thought process related. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, while you were detailing, um, what was what was what was your favorite part? Um, you know, I really liked. Uh, I I enjoyed the heat. Honestly, that kind of sounds strange. I enjoyed the no, heat. I, I, I worked better in the heat. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed sweating. It felt really good, especially if you want to drink a beer. It's like you you. The beer is 10 times more refreshing, and you kind of enjoy it, honestly. The experience, you know, you've you put in a good day's work, and there's something very satisfying about that. Yeah. It's like a very, very prim- almost like a primal type thing, I, I would say. Um, All right. And so while you were detailing, you started a kind of a little hobby. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From what home I brewing. remember. To my uh, home brewing? Yep, yep, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Uh, you started a little hobby of homebrewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would make a bunch of different fun, festive beers, and I would make beers, and yours oh, we, always we tasted better swaps. than mine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but we had fun. Do you remember? You did any? some barbecues, too. Like oh, some bar- yeah, yeah, I used uh-huh. to barbecue a bunch, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Very good stuff. What are some of the things, if any of the detailers are homebrewing, any uh, do's and don'ts from a master brewer? Any oh, okay. Brewing tips? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the biggest things that helped improve uh, my beer making. Um, number one, what would that be? Uh, number one, I started controlling the pH of my mash. If you guys know what that means, if you guys are into home brewing, um, that means I would add acids to the grains in the water. And it would set the mash right. It would improve the beer a lot. Um, and actually, actually, I take it back. The number one thing, the biggest thing, is you want to control the temperature of your fermentation. So whenever you go through the brewing and you're on the hot side of brewing and you're mixing the grain with the hot water and you're, you're doing all that stuff, um, whenever you're about to put that all into your fermenter, your bucket, whatever you're using, the best thing you can do is try to control that temperature. So what I ended up doing for that in home brewing was I bought some janky-ass fridge just gross but i had it in my garage and i got a bird temperature controller to where it would turn the fridge off once you you put a little probe in there and it would turn the fridge off once it hits a certain temperature yeah i think you talked me into getting i bought one from sam's one of those like drop down freezers and then you put me onto that little temperature thing and it 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 turned on and off the freezer to make it control its temperature. To exactly. The temperature yeah. That yeah. Temperature. That is like probably the biggest thing. If you control that fermentation temperature, the beer tastes so much better that uh, way. And I remember, I think we started experimenting on ways to do that second fermenter. Um, you know, are you talking you, about secondary fermentation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. How yeah, do yeah. you go from one fermenter to the other? And then, you know, when do you ferment it? Uh, yeah. You know, when do you move it over to the second? Has a lot to do, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever you're, whenever you're moving it over after the fermentation, the primary fermentation is done, you really want to limit the amount of oxygen touching the beer because that's essentially going to stale it. Um, 
Uh, that's eventually going to stale the beer, kind of like, you know, if you leave bread out, let's say you leave bread out in open air instead of having it in a Ziploc bag, whatever, it's going to uh, kind of make it stale. Well, the same thing happens with beer. So you want to limit that. Um, secondary fermentation, though, like if you're doing the homebrew scale, is really good for um, adding your different things you want to add to your beer to kind of spice it up. So if you want to add like some fruit to it, or you want to add some, uh, maybe a little oak to it, or you want to add some spices to it, um, secondary fermentation. Yeah, you start experimenting with some chocolate and stuff, <clears throat> some nibs. I remember we were. Oh on yeah, nibs yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, put some cacao nibs. Another one I did. I put ghost peppers in one in the secondary. And uh, by the way, don't leave those in there for too long. Because <laughs> that's comes rough. Hot on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's rough. Uh, so, so from homebrewing, how how'd you get here? Um, I friend of a friend, you know, I started talking to um, um, Jeremy, who owns Welltown, and then at the time, Jordan, who was the brewmaster at the time, um, I just came up here. I tried some of their beers at Hop Jam, actually. That's when we first met. And um, I remember Hop Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, the, the, I just found out they're canceling it well, of course. this year. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, met at Hop Jam. We won't go into expos being canceled on this episode. We, we <laughs> yeah. dove into that enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of I tried some of the beers. I was like, oh, bro. And actually, I think it might have been the Sandy George IPA. I was like, I like this IPA. It's a pretty good beer, uh, solid beer. And then a blackberry sour they have, which is like a huge seller for us still to this day. And uh, really enjoyed it and kind of hit it off with them. And then I think uh, next week or I don't even remember – um, I came to the brewery and started chatting with them, and then I said I wanted to start working here, and I started off bartending, just a couple days a week, slinging beers, and um, within a few months, I started working in the back as a uh, like a title called Cellarman, which basically means that I don't really do much of the brewing, I kind of do more of like the uh, cleaning the tanks and cleaning the kegs and all that stuff, and um, Jordan was really cool, he, um, he, he knew I wanted to brew, and I communicated that pretty thoroughly. And uh, so he let me get up on the on the brew house and uh, start brewing beer with him within like four or five months of because he knew I, I had a decent knowledge of how to brew beer. And so he was real cool with with all that. And then uh, he moved on last November. So November 2020. And then I took up the mantle. And that's that's kind of how it worked. All right. What I love about it is going. That's why I said, you know, you started as a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, for several years, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot six, of there's a lot of yeah, detailers that detail as a hobby, mm-hmm. right? And they they many of them want to go in and eventually go full time because they just enjoy what they enjoy the process of it. Yeah. So I think I would just love the idea of telling people, you know, having people tell their story of how do you how do you go from something that you're passionate about, turn it into you know a lifestyle, turn it into the way you want to live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, if you're willing to do something for free, it kind of gives you an idea you really care about it. And uh, also, if you can build a community around what you enjoy community. as well. Yeah, cheers to that. Yeah, yeah, no, so it's what we do. So, uh, <laughs> it's, communities, it's, it's, we always cheer. You know, every time you say the word, it's our uh, drinking game. Oh, okay. Yeah, we cheer. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's what makes it uh, worth it. You know, so if you enjoy something, and that was a big deal for me. So whenever I first started homebrewing, um, I started with a friend who was a housemate at the time. And uh, we would brew beers, and um, we'd have people lo- – once we started doing it for a little bit, uh, that's the, the big brown, yeah. I brought some in case you just want to, like, sip I'll it. I'll try it, yeah. I'll yeah. Try it. 
at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it lingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe um, I should not do it at the end. I need something to wash it down. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Ashkana, we started brewing, and then after we, a few batches, well, we had all this beer. We had a ton of beer. I mean, because we started brewing, like, every other week. Is that this? Dave, that's incredible. Oh, you like it? I don't like brown ales. Okay. You're right. That's super sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's dessert. It's pecan pie. I it mean, it's, really it's is pie. a dessert. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Nicely done, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, you taste the... You almost taste that uh, that sugary syrup in uh, mm-hmm. in a pecan pie. That's mm-hmm. what it is. That that flavor lingers. Yeah, and some of the ideas I got from that is actually from my mom's. Well, my grandma, my dad's side's old pecan pie recipe. I was like, "Hey, give me the recipe." God, wanna... you smell the pecan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's nicely good. done, man. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, I don't like brown ales. Whatever. Like, <laughs> I yeah. Sometimes it can be a little boring. But anyway. Um, yeah, so we started brewing. We started brewing beers, and then we, we had all this beer. We can't drink all this beer, honestly. It was just so much beer. So we started having friends over, and sometimes we'd have friends over when we're brewing the beer. And so it kind of just became like a, a hangout session, you know. We we get up, we start brewing around, um, you know, one or two in the afternoon on Saturday, because it lasts like seven eight hours. And people would come over that night, and we drink. We probably cook together. We brew together, and really a community kind of formed around it. Community. Oh yeah. Whew. I better not say it too many times. Start drinking. <laughs> yeah. You know, and everyone started, uh, you know, groups of, you know, some friends started coming over. And um, it made it really fun. And, and those, those are just really good memories, you know. And that kind of, I feel like that really propelled me into wanting to do it more. Yeah. There's that a catalyst of sort is having the people enjoy it with you. And, and I think it's tough for a lot of, for detailers, it's tough to pick up a hobby. Right? Especially I mean, if you're busy, yeah. If you're busy, right? Um, and or because you've worked all day, right? I mean, yeah. detailing is tough on mental. It's tough on physically. It's, it's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. And then to be able to go do something as a hobby, I don't think many detailers do it. Um, they, probably often start with, they probably also start with their own vehicles, though, doing modifications of their own vehicles. Right? Yeah. That might be some showing, of their their, hobby, showing their own you know, vehicles it, some love. Uh, yeah, it might be. And what I was going to go with the point is, whatever that they choose, I think should become some of their passion outside of what they love about detailing, right? Um, and part of that is what we're trying to eventually get to in our journey is being able to have a lifestyle of mm-hmm. what we like to do, <clears throat> yeah. not necessarily what we have to do. And mm-hmm. so if we're passionate about detailing and we enjoy it during the day, finding other stuff throughout, you know, that free time, not everybody has a family, not everybody, you know, but if you, not everybody gets to have a hobby even outside of their family, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that struggle with being able to, you know, have something else in their life mm-hmm. that, you know, that feels, you know, I did this for we work. We can hang with the boys, right? Yeah. You can, you can do something productive, but also hang with the boys right? or whatever, yeah. And or just have something purposeful in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so so when you were picking through what to do, how did you pick beer, right? Like, why why brewing yeah. as your hobby? Uh, Well, I actually used to hate beer. <laughs> I used to hate it. Uh, because my idea of beer was, you know, Budweiser or whatever. Um, I mean, Coors Light's the worst, isn't it? 
Just go ahead and say yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, you know, just because you're trying these beers, and I do have respect for some of those companies, by the way, just because of their ability to repeat something so well and perfect it. The most the beer master, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The crazy well, sure attention, the chemistry. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and it tastes bad. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, that's what I thought beer was. And, um, you know, back when I was like 22 or so, um, I didn't drink beer. Um, I, I kind of started exploring different liquors and whatnot. And, um, but a buddy of mine gave me, uh, his name's Steve, an old housemate from years ago. Um, he gave me, um, what was it? I think it was Blue Moon. I think it was just Blue Moon Wheat Beer. And um, it's, I, good beer. Good it's a good beer, yeah. you know. It's did even, you ever drink chalk back in the day? Rarely, I, I did. I did. I wasn't uh, super into them, but yes, more. Well, way earlier than Blue Moon. Oh yeah, they were like a late nineties, I yeah. think. And so yeah, and so chalk was basically Oklahoma's first craft brewery, I believe. Oh yeah, and and really chalk, you a lot of Oklahoma beer, um, owes chalk because. Out of chalk came, um, essentially it came uh, Prairie and American Solera because Chase came out of chalk, the, the brewer for American Solera. Some people will know the name uh, Prairie because it's, it is traded across the country. Dude, when I went to England several years ago, I saw that shit in a pub in London. Yeah, Prairie. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, that's Oklahoma beer. And the bartender's like, oh, yeah, we love Prairie here. That's cool, and yeah. I'm just beaming with pride. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, anyway, um, I used to hate beer because I thought beer was that. And then I tried Blue Moon, and I was like, wow, this, uh, this actually tastes like something. And, um, and then from there, I was like, I got to try all this. And so I started going to different stores, and it um, wasn't really a whole lot to, to see, to try, you yeah. know. It was still kind of more like the European stuff. And there, there was some interesting stuff from my Atlantic. What year did we change over? Did our laws change? What year was that? Was that 18 or 17? Uh, 2018, I think in November, is when there were actually enacted laws, thank you, for breweries. And they just didn't lump it into liquor stores. So we actually used to, at Welton, we used to have to close at 9 p.m. every night of the week. Because that's what liquor stores had to do. And we couldn't stay open on Sundays. And then uh, November 2018, that all changed. Um, but... Anyway, uh, some refrigeration laws I think changed before that, and that kind of or around that time too. And we were able to get like New Belgium and some other kind of interesting craft I mean, breweries. People, in. people don't really quite understand that. Yeah. Right, like, because you know, like for instance, I went when I was up in Omaha, and we were doing some training up there at, at a dealership and working with uh, some 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 people up there that were really doing a great job, and we were having a lot of fun. And uh, so I took a little trip up there, and. Uh, Walked in through all these dealerships and we're, you know, training, working with the guys and was going to head home and uh, just needed, just so happened I needed some gas. Stopped in and there was a full liquor store inside the gas station. And coming out of Columbia, you're like, how bizarre. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we, we couldn't even buy anything above a 3.2 beer in our entire state. I know, and they which were, they doesn't were have selling, flavor. <laughs> they were selling, you know, liquor straight out of a gas station. And you remember when you go take a trip somewhere to another state, you could go into a Walmart, and they would have liquor, and they would have wine. wine. It was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> wow. It felt like such a luxury. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. There's a reason Oklahoma was a flyover state. 
fortunately, we've developed over the last couple of years, yeah. passed a couple of laws that have really helped a state, helped bring industry uh, you know, growth. Probably stimulated taxes a lot, too. Probably stimulated taxes a lot. <laughs> uh, rightfully so. Um, as, as it started to grow here, what's the, what's the brewery scene? I mean, you said you can't keep stuff in stock. So is, is, is beer, is the industry strong? You know, as, as do you hear issues with other parts <laughs> of industries of, you know, as we're not sure going into 2021, how everything looks, you know, if you're in the travel industry, let's say where, if you were still at uh, your previous location where you were working, right? I mean, they suffered massive losses. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you it was know, devastating. If, if anybody yeah. was around the travel industry and you were detailing, you were in trouble. You know, there yeah. just wasn't people flying. You know, how, how are you guys hearing or seeing or thinking 2021? Yeah, well, we got really lucky whenever that happened because uh, back in um, March and April when things kind of started shutting down, um, just three months prior to that, just three months prior to that, we uh, got a canning line. You got a what? A canning line. Oh. So we were able to can beer. And uh, we didn't have that before. And so we were actually able to get our beer outside of the tap room. So our entire brew is based on the taproom model. People come here and they drink our beer and try our beer here, um, which is great. And <laughs> unless all, nobody can come in. Unless nobody can come in or they're yeah. very afraid of coming in and all that. Yeah, so um, just before that, we're like, oh, well, uh, we got to start getting our beer out the door. So we, we started canning a lot. And there was a time, actually, I, I wasn't working. I wasn't working for about two months myself. But um, people started drinking a lot at home. Heavily, <laughs> For, yeah. reasonably so, <laughs> and so our demand went through the roof. And we actually started doing deliveries and all that stuff too. So that 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 law passed. By the way, really did help us. Thank you for whoever decided to pass that law, um, and how that worked out. So that kept us afloat. Definitely not uh, good, great, or anything, but kept us afloat. And now, fast forward to this this year, um, we are canning more one-off stuff like this Pie Felicia beer, this Imperial Brown. Um, I really love um, making random things with beer. And, and the name, Pie Felicia. <laughs> Dude, it's great. Yeah, I like I, laughing. You and, yeah. said it earlier, but I didn't really. And then you said it again, and I looked over, and I went, oh, that's Pie really Felicia. cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pie Felicia. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, Jeremy and I, we, we have a good time uh, with all that. He's he's the marketing brains behind Welltown, and he uh, he has a good sense of humor and anyway, so we get along with that really well. But um, and by the way, um, we're releasing um, not really a plug, but just on the on the like uh, funny side, we're doing a sour beer series, and the sours are going to be all named after memes because I love memes and I love beer, and putting them together just seems like a beautiful synergy. Like polishing, right? Pints and polishing sounds great, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Polishing the paint or the paint system, rather. And drink, yeah, paint system and drinking a beer. Yeah. You couldn't really drink beer back in the day when you were detailing, but uh, if you would go mm -hmm. home and clean up the Bronco, was that a, a regular thing to. Uh, it was a must. Yeah. It was a <laughs> must, right? You, you got to get that. You got to get those uh, energy carbohydrates in you after that long day of work, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the relaxation, right? Yeah, and it allows you to appreciate it a little bit more. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so, good prospects coming out of the brewery, which is awesome. Um, when, when you think of, I don't know, 
continuing about uh, somebody chasing their dream or chasing their idea of what they want out of their life. That's why I think 2021 happens for a lot of people. I yeah. think uh, in tough times, you, you normally take gut checks. So, you know, yeah. for, oh, yeah. very, for very the true. listeners that are doing well, right? Awesome. You know, great. Uh, keep doubling down on what you're doing. That's great. But for people that listen that aren't doing great and are really trying to hop into something that they really would love to dive fully into. I asked this question, Dave, just because I know a little bit about you and your drive, right? Uh, how, how did you push through motivation in a sense to continue on through your passion and to, you know, come in to work the job that maybe you didn't want in order to get what you really wanted. And so whatever somebody's going through, they're going to have to make decisions, right? Whether that's let's, let's take it to, and this is the interesting correlation. Let's say you're a shop owner that, you know, you, maybe you've gone in the direction of too many coatings and corrections and you haven't really done maintenance. And we're hearing nonstop. I got a phone call today of somebody that, you know, they've done these five to seven year coatings, but they haven't really gone into the entry level. They haven't gone into more of a price conscious customer. And okay. in moments like this, <laughs> moments like 2021, 2022, we're not sure. You know, there's definitely going to be people that are more uh, price conscious and oh, yeah. people are going to have to adapt. Okay. So he's calling me wanting to know, you know, what's, what's some options for more entry level coatings. He's trying to figure out how does he, you know, make an idea and turn it into something that generates. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now for him, it might be a different reason. It's all down to the specifics of how do you take an idea, right? Something that you want to do. And then you worked your way through some of the tough times, maybe because it wasn't exactly what you wanted to do. Wasn't what you expected. Wasn't what you expected. Yeah. And then to achieve, you know, not, you know, it's not like you crossed the finish line, but mm -hmm. you at least achieved the start of the rest of that next journey. Mm-hmm. What is kind of some of those uh, gut checks? What are some of those, you know, how do I... How do I – do I keep pushing through or do I go in a different direction? Uh, yeah, I would say the hardest thing you, you – um, well, the most, one of the most important things you can do is you just uh, – you spend some time by yourself and you just ask yourself questions, like honest questions. Is this what I want with my life? Is this what I want to do with my time? Do I feel satisfied with this? Um, and then uh, compare yourself five years from now to who you are, and then compare yourself five years ago to who you are. You ask yourself, you know, who you are today from five years ago, and you see maybe some of those differences, and you can say, okay, this is good, this is not so good, and then you ask yourself five years from now, hey, like, what, what does that look like? Um, <clears throat> that's going to give you an idea of what you actually want. You've got to ask yourself what you want. And you got to make up your mind on that. It's not really easy sometimes because sometimes there's, there's just so much, especially right now, there's so much information and there's so much stuff going on all the time. And it's kind of hard to figure out what you want because of all the distraction. You got to ask your, you got to spend some time in the quiet and ask yourself, what do I want? And then be courageous enough to actually answer that question honestly. All right, so interesting you said in the quiet. So we have a uh, series episodes, uh, a series of episodes, let me say that better, 
with a gentleman by the name of Greg Masterson. You might not be familiar with him, but a lot of listeners are. He's a guy that uh, started with a company called uh, Chemical Guys. Okay, I'm familiar. Yeah, and and grew their brand heavily through marketing, and, and, and a lot of what he put into that brand was ultimately a lot of their success. Okay, now... Chemical Guys isn't exactly a professional-grade product, so a lot of professional-type people don't exactly uh, value certain people's uh, roles in companies. So Greg uh, starts his own chemical company and is growing it on the back of a lot of the way he markets and the way he handles stuff and the way he's passionate about. So he was, he was approaching it differently. Yeah. Yeah, he's approaching it very differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, so basically his passion and what he's wanting to do, he's putting himself out there. And so we started to interview him and talk through marketing tips. You know, how, why do you think the way you think? Why do, why do you do what you do? And one of the questions that I asked him was, you know, how do you get your ideas? He likes to go ride his motorcycle. He's in San Diego area, you okay. know, Southern California, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Who wouldn't want to go ride a motorcycle? I'm like, right, I get it, right? Yeah. We don't exactly get that liberty here. Um, well, maybe a little bit in like uh, early fall. Yeah, it's probably Probably right? really sometimes. nice, yeah. But not 80 degrees every day. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma's a bit different. Yeah. Uh, how did you decide what was your quiet place or how did you decide you needed a quiet place? How did you decide what you needed to create your idea? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, you know, there's just, I think with where I was at in my life at that time, you know, several years ago, there was so much noise, you know, in my life, if you will, there's so much noise and there was a lot of distraction. Like I mentioned earlier, can you uh, define noise? Um, you don't have to go specific, just general. Sure, sure. You know, um, people giving you advice, uh, what you should do with your time, what you should do with your money, what you should do with your energy. And, you know, people are going to give you their advice so much. And, you know, you should you should be selective with that. It's okay to be selective with that. Um, but anyway. Um, well, we say that they definitely should be selective with it. I mean, there yeah. was people that were saying at early Corona that all detailers should shut their doors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it, funny because I feel like in, in the in the detail industry, all the more reason to work because you can provide a very clean environment for these people where they feel safe moving around. Exactly. Because it's not like they're flying, so they're going to be in their car a lot more. Um, so you can do some good things for them there. But anyway, um, I um, really for me, it actually kind of started in my meditation practice. So um, I started meditating um, to just... I don't. I, I, right. I, I might had, scare I had a big some urge. people. I, I might urge. scare some people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to think, dudes. Right. Dude, meditate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's mm-hmm. meditation? Really, honestly, for me, it wasn't. I wasn't like super, you know, religious with it, or even Buddhist with it. If that's people who typically think of Buddhism with it, but I, um, I really felt like I needed to take care of myself a little bit better. And uh, a lot of that related to me taking some time after my workday and stretching, um, doing some simple exercises, and then afterwards just sitting in my room quiet and focusing on my breathing. It's very, very simple stuff, but just changed the way I approached life dramatically. <clears throat> and so in that time, 
I, I felt like I was able to think for myself. You know, all the other distractions and voices weren't quite as loud, and I was able to maybe uh, I was able to actually think for myself, and I felt more comfortable making my own decisions for myself. Yeah. Less fear. Plus beer. Is that what yeah. You said? yeah, beer beer kinda helped out too actually, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, hey, with with, with like minded community. Hey right, I'm out of beer. <laughs> I kept drinking. I, I literally I just kept drinking them all the way gone. Uh yeah, thanks. Thanks for the cheers. Um you know, no doubt. I think it's tough for guys to figure out how they could get into a still place. For me it was tough to even acknowledge that I needed to be in a small like a still place. So and then it was hard to find. I can't just go sit in a room. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I, yeah. think, I think some people, you, you can find. It may not be for everyone. Maybe it's, you know, you're quiet, a.k.a. on the road when you're on your motorcycle, when you're on the highway. You, you're, you go for a I I started going up to Turkey, mm-hmm. Turkey Mountain. Yeah. Uh, go for a walk or hike. Uh, or maybe that's when you're detailing your own vehicle. Detailing your own vehicle. You, no you know, music, no nothing. You're, you're literally just, cutting yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just, you have a little bit of time where you can actually think for yourself. Yeah. Those were those were early ones. I've now found uh, don't uh, don't don't get a mental picture in your head, but I now found showers. Here you I go. Really enjoy a nice long hot shower. And shower beers aren't bad either. And and the having a beer in between is really great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a cold beer yeah. sitting right there on the yeah, grab it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, either way, I mean, it's it definitely encouraged one more person just trying to find a place that. Uh, you can at least come up with the ideas. Now, here's the reason why I'm saying you need to come up with multiple ideas, right? We're hearing stories of, of David starting as a hobby to look how it's evolved his life. Um, and inside of that evolution comes different periods that he had to make steps and make different, uh, in a sense, risk mm-hmm. for your yeah, own yeah. idea of where you wanted to go. Um, and so as, as detailers, we also have that, right? It's our duty uh, to our company to always be creating new ways for that company to grow. David, uh, you've confirmed that by releasing um, specific beers. Yeah, we call them one-offs, yes. You, you double down, limited, limited edition on, you double down on the, the beer that's going fastest by getting a bigger, you know, a very hefty price tag on that tank, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Very so, hefty. So either from, you know, where you were at in detailing to, you know, where you're at now, you've had to take yeah, you've had to take ideas and then start to put action them. into it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you created the idea and started putting the action, was it just personal drive? Was it just like you said, this is what I want out of my life. Was it, uh, you know, what what continued to push you through? Um, I I will say this. I there's a certain time and place for goals. You want to have goals, but you want to have those goals once you've made your mind up a little bit too. Um, at first, when I started brewing beer, I did it for the pure enjoyment of it, and there was a lot of, um, like I said friends hanging out and it was just enjoyment and I put nothing and this is just for my personality um I didn't put any um preset goals or expectations on it now once I started doing it for a little bit and I said hey this is a lot of fun this enriches my life then I started thinking how can I do this more and that's when the goals came and that's when I started um uh taking classes 
So I, I started spending a lot of my time and energy after working all day, reading and studying. And uh, that's when the goals came. That took me a little bit for me. That might be like a very quick thing for some people. For me, it took me a little bit. So after work, you worked more. <clears throat> yeah, but see, I, I, I mentally, I didn't look at it that way. I, I looked at it as like, this is something I'm enjoying doing that could potentially lead right, to something good if, for myself. If it's something you enjoy, it's something you're passionate about, it's not considered work. Exactly. What you consider work is very much your, um, your, your attitude and your, your mental state, your approach to it. And I think part of that of the lifestyle, right? If, if your lifestyle, meaning what you spend your time on throughout the day, right, basically that's going to equal what your lifestyle is. So if your lifestyle is about sitting and watching TV, mm-hmm. watching movies, uh, playing on, online, uh, you know, hey, I like to play Fortnite, but I definitely limit myself. Uh, yeah. You know, I like to be on social and just entertain myself, but I got to limit myself. Yeah, those are good, but you know what? You know, just like it's nice to have a cookie, but you don't want to have your entire dinner be cookies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there's definitely some um, some discipline involved to anything, for sure. And, and that's what I mean. Like, if, if it ultimately is something that you're passionate about, you'll begin to put away the other stuff that's not as important. Right, mm-hmm. I enjoy some of these other things, but it's not what I'm really solely passionate about. And so a lot of that discipline, I think, starts to happen for guys, gals, that decide, okay, this is an idea that's starting to blossom and starting to go into. And then they begin to, myself included, probably you included, begin to start pushing things out of their life, right? Time that they would spend on something else mm-hmm. to spend on this idea that's suddenly starting to blossom and starting to starting to okay well I figured out how to do this I could do this well I figured out how to do that I could do that yeah you uh, kind of, you kind of take the lid off of yourself once you kind of once you once you take the first couple of steps and you realize your own potential you're like oh you start thinking a little bit bigger for yourself yeah awesome Dave thanks so much for your time uh, let's before we before we go out. I, I chugged down all these beers before we got to talk about it. <laughs> but we were having such a great conversation, and I was thirsty. Yeah. So uh, what, what did I drink here? The goose. Okay, uh, that right there is a, uh, a salted sour. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's an old German um, style of beer, uh, pronounced Goza, by the way. Oh. <laughs> everyone calls it that, by the way. So don't feel everyone calls it that. Uh, but, AKA um, beer nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a uh, a lightly tart sour beer. Um, when we add some sea salt additions to it, that um, kind of make it a little more thirst quenching. And like I said, it was lightly fruited with a little bit of mango in there. It's pretty good. Called Ocean Motion Goza. And um, our next one, uh, I actually I think I drank all that. Sorry, it was a Kolsch beer that we have. Um, that's just like a really light, easy drinking light beer. I like it a lot. And then, um, of course, the Imperial Brown that you enjoyed, uh, which is a pecan-style inspired brown ale with a ton of pecans, um, some lactose, some oats, some honey, some some maple syrup. It's it's just a a big smorgasbord. I think there was a lot of maple syrup. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's rich, rich beer. Great for, like, a cold night, 100%. And then the last one. Um, is our Citrus Skyline Wheat Beer, which is a, a great take on a, a wheat beer. It's like light, refreshing, um, with some coriander and a little bit of salt too, actually, I think. And then um, it's, uh, 
just an easy. It's an. Yeah. It's a summer slammer. Yeah, basically. Summer, basically. It really yeah, is a summer slammer. It yeah, was, it was a good mm-hmm. finish. It was a good finish. No doubt, the big surprise for me was the Brown. I mean, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I one hundred percent. I was not. I was. That, that's what I said right before. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and save this one to wash it down. And I was like, wait, I should have gone the other way. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely. Yeah, should've. it's it's pretty tasty. Yeah. Where 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 could people find these cans? Good question. Um, obviously, here at the brewery, we sell all of our stuff in-house. So, Welltown Brewery at 114 West Archer Street um, in downtown Oklahoma. And uh, we actually have uh, – we're in a lot of liquor stores. We're in a lot of liquor stores in Tulsa, Broken Arrow area, um, and then also in Oklahoma City as a recent. And we're, uh, actually, we have some of our product, too, in Trader Joe's and Whole Foods as well. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember seeing that in Trader Joe's. But is this in Trader Joe's? I, the the Pythe Leash is not so. because it is a one-off one beer. Off. Yeah. Um, you're so going to have a better chance. Well, we are going to get it in some liquor stores um, here next week, but your better chance of getting it is here because we will probably sell out of this beer really, really fast. Um, it's a limited quantity. A lot of the ones we're doing, we're making them small batch because it's just, it's just something different off the wall, and I think – collectors really enjoy that it's kind of i'm kind of like that too so um it's you know you kind of get something that's just you're never going to get again you know so that's so it's small batch like i said anyway it it makes makes it unique yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh what about putting that to some extra like uh wood fermenting little thing is that a thing Oh, you mean like a firkin or a barrel? Yeah. Barrel fermenting? Yeah. This would be, I think this would be a pretty good would, barrel yeah. for barrel fermenting, yeah. yeah. We actually, uh, speaking of that, we are, we're going to be doing another beer, um, our Siesta Cerveza, which is like an 8% Imperial uh, Mexican lager. We uh, barrel fermented that in a cooler. So it took three plus months for it to ferment in our cooler. And we're going to be releasing that for Cinco de Mayo here pretty soon, which I'm really happy about. Um, one of them is going to be the standard barrel fermented. Bar- by the way, it's barrel fermented in a tequila barrel. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. It smells like a tequila and drinks real easy, and it's got a, a good kick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, we're yeah, gonna- if it was already at 8%, and then it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's – and we're going to do uh, – we're going to split it up, and then we're going to do some of it with a uh, salt and lime addition added to it mm. in there. So you can have like a, a – interesting oh, yeah. different twist it's gonna it's gonna be essentially like a margarita beer i think it'll be really good for a cinco de mile all right so when we were at sema uh was that good a times. year ago year and a half ago oh uh, me that was oh, uh no, no, no. three that's right yeah you years, went to sema too three, no four years so ago. i mean and that was us, a good time us at sema the pints of polishing podcast okay 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 yeah uh sorry i should have uh yeah yeah that's a good time though because that's right yeah we all mm-hmm. went up yeah um so we did a uh michelada uh, you know, beer tasting at uh, um, Theo's bar. So Theo is a detailer in Las Vegas. Uh, the Specialist Detail Studio. Then an also uh, family owns a bar, and so That's we cool. all met. Yeah, it was in Vegas. Cool. Was it Vegas? Uh huh. Oh, really? We, cool. It's a bit. Uh, it's a bit out of town, just a little bit. So a select few people made that drive, and boy, they were treated to an amazing. I'm time. sure. Yeah. Theo hooked everybody up, but then we walked through on how to make micheladas, how to do all that. Oh, cool. Have you guys? Ever, is that a? Is that a, ever a thought that goes through your guys' head? Because you said, you know, you're doing this with all the different stuff on that cerveza. Has you ever thought about um, that cerveza beer with uh, as a I'm Michelin? definitely not opposed to that. I've never done it, but um, I like the idea. We thought about doing like a, a poblano pepper spice version of it. Ooh. But we did uh, we did a bunch of polls on IG, and it seemed like most people wanted the lime and salt edition. Agreed. But we're going to be doing this probably two to three times a year just because we can throw it in the barrels. It and takes three it months. Sit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then it, it's a fantastic beer. It tastes really good. We're really happy with it. Um, so we're definitely going to be doing it more than once a year. Um, but, yeah, we may just do, like, weird ver- – maybe we'll do a Michelada version of it, you know? Hey, I want a taste of it. Yeah, yeah, which would be a uh, nice, like, black pepper and tomato with it, so, right? Yeah, 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 I yeah. think I think it's something like that, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've had them before. I yeah. like them, yeah. yeah Especially, you. actually, like, a little after hangover. It's it's not too bad. It's one of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, David, where do people find you, and then where do people find uh, Welltown Brewery on social? Uh, yeah, go to uh, welltownbrewing.com for our website. Um, Welltown Brewing on Instagram, on Facebook. We're on those heavily. We actually do have a TikTok as well, which is Welltown Brewing. Um, we do some videos every once in a while, but we're we're definitely heavily on um, Instagram and Facebook. Cool, cool, mm-hmm. man. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, listen. Thanks for the beer, no doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, man, it's it's great to see your continued success. So hopefully we'll be back. Thank you. Soon. You too. We, Come back and drink some more of your fine fermentations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one beer that I would love to have again. So you were talking earlier about uh, Hop Jam. Mm-hmm. Was it two Hop Jams ago? There was a. Uh, it was a. Spe- it was one of these one-offs, um, and it had a lot of lactose in it. It was. Uh, uh, dream sickle something. Oh, you remember it, that? Wow. Yeah. So that oh, was our. Uh, yes, it became. I if I I came back here as much as I could to get as much. I loved it. It was. It was yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was a um, a New England IPA. So that cloudy kind of IPA, which is a delicious style of beer. Love that style. And we added lactose and peaches, and then another batch we did lactose and tangerines. Yeah. And it, it actually, uh, was the, the the funny part about it is it was the start of. You asked earlier what beer do I want? Do I drink IPAs, right? When we did use I a lot of citra. We used a lot of citra in that beer. Yeah, right? it's funny but you said you that. When you and I first started this process, which we talked about years mm-hmm. ago when you were doing nibs, we started this home brewing. I started home brewing. You were giving me tips. We were, I was giving you bad beer. You were giving me good beer. <laughs> uh, I, did, I didn't touch IPAs. Mm-hmm. You were all about wee beers. You, you were all about wee beers at the time. Now, mm-hmm. why am I on IPAs? There was a beer that I drank. <laughs> I have a few reasons why. <laughs> and I went, well, right, but there was a beer I drank, and I went, wow, this is different. i got to go back and get some more. Mm-hmm. And I started really enjoying that citrusy flavor mm-hmm. in IPAs, and that was the beer that started me down the journey of uh, uh, expanding into my palate now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Incredible They're refreshing. Beer. Yeah. Super refreshing, yeah. Definitely. For sure. All for right, sure. man, thanks so much for your time, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 7.30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub Wednesday nights, 7.30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy.